Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, agency owners. As someone that's run Google Ads for my own business, as well as on behalf of my clients, I know how time-consuming it can be to constantly be monitoring and optimizing those ads. I've got good news for you. There's a new tool called Optio that monitors your accounts for statistically significant patterns and suggests improvements that can push live to Google Ads in just a few seconds. Improvements help you manage keywords, test ads, and optimize bids. Get your time back. Let the machines do the heavy lifting. Check out optio.com slash yougurus and get started with a six-week extended free trial. That's optio.com slash yougurus. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we are hanging out with Lisa Miller. Lisa is a partner and president at the award-winning digital agency 3 Media Web, based out of Houston, uh, Hudson, Massachusetts. She's the founder of the digital marketing agency Ladybugs. She has been featured and as a source on entrepreneur.com, Fortune, Business Insider, CIO, Daily Worth, and Business Insider and Blogger for Mass vacation.com. Lisa is also the president and founder of the Metro West Women's Network, a professional network empowering women in Metro West, Massachusetts. Lisa, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Brent. (laughs) Lisa, let's uh, talk about your agency, 3 Media Web. Can you paint us a picture about what your agency looks like today? Yeah. So I would consider us a mid-size agency. We're about 20 people and we do web design and development, uh, support and hosting and digital marketing for mid-size and enterprise clients in about six different industries. Very cool. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, you you mentioned six different industries. Kind of tell me about some of the clients that you have worked with and been successful with. I mean, we do get ones that are not always in the in the verticals that we're working in, but we tend to mostly work in manufacturing and industrial companies, um, professional services, biotech and healthcare, IoT and technology, and some education. Um, but we do some also out, you know, outside of that. It just seems to be that those are the places where we we land the most business. How long have you guys been around? So 3 Media Web has been around since 2001. Um, my business partner started the agency as a web development agency only. So he's been around since then. I had my agency, Ladybugs Interactive, since then. So we were more small company freelancers. But in 2015, uh, we joined our agencies to form a full service agency around web design development and digital marketing. So as a full service agency, we've been around for four years, but Mark and I have been around the block for like 20 years. <laughs> so so Mark had a business and you had a business and you merged yep. those four years ago. Yep, absolutely. So, so tell me a little bit more about that. So, um, so I had an agency called Ladybugs Interactive and, um, you know, about the five years before 2015, I really started growing my agency into a social media marketing and SEO agency. Um, But along with that came a lot of web projects. So as my clients began to grow, I really needed to expand my web design and development team. And I really didn't want to do that. I came from that, you know, from my full-time job and I just didn't want to do that. So I found a partner, which was um, Mark Avila at 3 Media Web. And so we started doing um, projects together on larger clients and we just were having so much fun that we got, you know, all bright eyed and we're like, we should merge (laughs) and become one full service agency. So um, that's how that all happened. 
Um, and it's, it's been a ride. It's definitely emerging. Your agency is definitely comes with challenges, but it also comes with a lot of rewards. Can we talk about the challenges first? Yeah. Everybody always <laughs> wants to know the dirty, gritty stuff. We're like, Lisa, tell us about your pain, please. <laughs> sure. And I mean, our pain points are probably public knowledge at this point, because I do tend to talk about them a lot, especially in the agency space where so many agencies are emerging and trying to expand their services and different stuff like that. Um, but the big thing in the beginning when we merged was the where we wanted to focus our business, because what ended up happening was you know, even though we were doing a lot of big web projects together, we didn't really look at, you know, which clients were the B2C and which were the B2B and how that was going to challenge us because the way that you market to B2C clients is so much different than the way you market to B2B clients. But in the web space, you know, the projects are really, you know, most of the projects agencies are doing are in the, that we were doing were in the B2B space. So the one thing we had to first do is kind of say goodbye to a lot of our B2C clients. I mean, we kept them for a year or two, but we really had to solidify like what we were going to go after and what kind of projects, what kind of price range and what services we were going to offer. So defining what those were going to be, which were the first ones that, you know, I, I mentioned when you asked who we were, design, development, support and hosting and digital growth for midsize and enterprise companies. It was kind of hard because we also did social media, we did some PR, we did a lot of SEO for these B2C. So it was kind of hard to let those go and and go to the B2C, B2B space completely. But I guess that's just part of when you bring a bunch of different services together, you really need to niche and figure out what you're going to offer. Because if you offer too much, you're just going to fail. And obviously, when they're one company's services versus another company's services, that can cause a little bit of you know, rift between the two companies. So it was a little hard for me to like let go of some of the stuff I was doing. I think it was a little bit hard for my business partner to let go of some of the stuff he was doing. But, you know, we did over that first year define our services and our products and where we wanted to go and where we wanted to be. And we're just still heading in the right direction from that. And was there anything specific that you did during that year? I mean, maybe it's just throwing all of your products and services up on a whiteboard and choosing to put some red ink through them. Uh, what what did you do in order to trim those services? And then how did that look when you actually rolled that out? So, I mean, some of it, so we looked at it from a bunch of different ways. So we did look at all the different services we were offering. We looked at the different kind of clients that we had and, you know, how much money we were um, getting on retainers from certain ones. We also looked at the the PETA factor, which I probably don't want to name it out loud, but which clients were very difficult to work with and which weren't. <laughs> and it tended to be that the B2Cs were definitely more demanding and harder to work with and didn't really understand the whole digital landscape. So I think one of the most important things for us was that we wanted to work with professionals who really understood the digital landscape and understood its role in growing and the role that an agency has throughout the growth process of a mid-size enterprise company. Because, you know, a smaller company might have a freelancer or a small agency, but you're eventually going to outgrow that. And so we really needed to fit the companies in their growth cycle where they were with our agency. So because we're a mid-size agency, we fit really well with mid-size companies. We're not always the best agency for an enterprise company, even though we do have those clients. I mean, we really feel like those mid-size companies are our niche. So that's kind of how we did that. I imagine that, you know, you each have your own 
expertise, your own service area. Did you feel that there was a little bit of, I don't know if, if ego is the right word, but kind of an emotional attachment to say some of those services like PR or social? I mean, I think a lot of agencies struggle with what do we get rid of? I mean, we all hear, mm-hmm. you know, less but better or, you know, few offer fewer services, which it, it sounds amazing in theory. I just know in practice, sometimes it's like mm-hmm. really hard for people to give that up. It sounds like you had to because you were literally merging two different service offerings. You don't want to have twice as many services. How did you deal with that in, in the moment of, of just getting rid of that stuff? I mean, were the conversations with clients? Did you have to fire clients? Did you have to fire any people? Um, so we did have to let some clients go. I mean, basically we let clients go by how much of a pain they were. I know that sounds mean, but the ones that didn't appreciate the work that we were doing for them are the ones that we really didn't want to work with because, you know, you're providing such amazing results for some of these clients and they just don't understand like how much work you're doing, how, you know, they don't understand the analytics when you're showing them. So we, again, we kind of wanted to gear ourselves towards the professionals that really understood the value of our services. Because then that, and if you're looking at customer success too, because that's the way we market ourselves, we didn't want to have clients that, you know, even though we were doing an amazing job, they didn't understand, they wouldn't be ambassadors to us. They wouldn't tell our story. So we really wanted to focus on um, partners, people who looked at themselves like we want to be partners with three media web and our growth and our digital strategy and have them help us. So you know, yes, we did have to let a lot of clients go. We did sell off some clients and then we just positioned ourselves where we wanted to be to get new clients in the area that we wanted to grow in. Can you expand on what you meant by sell off some clients? Yeah. So we actually took some of our clients and we um, took that book of business and sold it to other agencies. So, you know, we had a book of support business that was a lot of, you know, people calling us for a lot of support and minor stuff that we didn't really want to build out our customer support team to handle that. So we sent that to another local agency that really did well at that space. So that was actually something else that we let go when we were building the agency because we did do a lot of small support. Um, So we sort of let all of that go. And so, you know, we got some money from that and we helped another agency grow in an area where they were strong. And so that was, that was actually really fun. (laughs) Nice. That sounds like such a Uh, win-win. It was a win-win. Yeah. We did that a couple of times at our agency where we scaled up in a niche and, and then we were, we realized we weren't super happy with that that product or that, that, that market for whatever reason. Uh, and then we were able to sell that to other, other agencies. And I think that's something that, um, people talk a lot about firing clients, but Mm -hmm. you can also do this. You can sell the client or, you know, Mm -hmm. at some level, I mean, you have to do it in the right way, but that's an asset, a book of business, if you will, if you have enough of those clients in that type of work, you can probably find a buyer for that, which is pretty cool. Or try them to refer them to an agency. And we still do this with a lot of sales leads we get is try to match them with an agency that's a better fit for them because you're not the right agency for every single client or every single lead that comes in. So if you can just, you know, have a really great partner uh, network, you can help a lot of other agencies, you know, and in return, they'll help you. So that was part of the strategy too, is that we, you know, handed off some of our clients said, we're not going to do B2C anymore. So we're going to send you to this agency. And it worked out great. Wow. That's cool. Let's talk about culture for a minute, mostly because you're merging two companies together. And I don't know if you've ever watched the show, uh, Silicon Valley, but they had a moment where they bought another software company and they kind of merged the culture. So you've got, you essentially have two different cultures. And I think every owner, every uh, agency founder could probably work on their culture more 
but you literally had two cultures that were merging. How, how did you make that happen from your people and team level? And then what have you done to kind of grow and nurture your team's culture since that merger? So it's taken a while. I mean, all of these things have taken a while, you know, in terms of like getting our agency to where we want it to go. But when we first merged, my business partner's employees were all remote. <laughs> he didn't have any local um, employees. And I did. I had uh, five and then I had two remote. And so because we were more creative, we also had more of a less processed environment, more open work environment. Um, so the first big step we took, um, even before we merged, was we decided to rent a space together. Uh, so we rented a, a building together and we brought the team in here. And we basically had this huge building with like five people in it. <laughs> so we kind of created like a collaborative environment. And we did some co-working too with other local agencies and you know people kind of in the same space we were in. So we did kind of create like this co-working collaborative environment and then as we moved forward, we continued to kind of grow that environment, even though Mark's people weren't here. Well, our people weren't here. We did eventually, you know, hire my people and they were here. And then we, you know, hired new people. So those are here now. So now we have like a mixed remote local team, but most of our team is local now. And that was a big shift because uh, 3 Media Web was completely remote. And so that was a big shift. But you know, we've brought those remote people also into the local culture. So that's been really awesome too. You know, we've had them visit here. We've had some employee events that we all go to. We do like team lunches remotely. We do meetings remotely where we're all together. So that was, that was a challenge. But again, like over the period of four years, we're in a really great space with that because we truly believe that the culture is the driver of everything. If our employees are happy and they love it here and they feel inspired and all those other things, that that, that ends up being the best experience for the customer. Um, so culture has been a huge push for us. And, and I just love the culture here. I feel like our employees love the culture here. Um, so it's been really successful. You mentioned that you do remote lunches or team yeah. lunches remotely. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's, everybody's getting there, you know, their, their bowl of noodles and hanging out uh -huh. on a Zoom call. And, and, uh -huh, pretty much. <laughs> Google Hangouts. And we also do, we have do a little kind of like open book finances. So, you know, we do these quarterly meetings where we talk about the company and, and different things like that. Uh, we try to be really, really open about all that stuff. And, you know, if we're doing the team lunches, like everybody orders lunch, we all get together. Um, so, yeah, it is kind of um, might sound kind of silly, but it's actually really fun. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I love to hear that you do open book finances. I, I'd love to talk about that next, if you don't mind, just because that's. Uh, I mean, that's something that I, I try to practice is showing mm -hmm. our team numbers and, and being super transparent about that versus, mm -hmm. you know, trying to be like, well, let's hide this or hide that or show this or, you know, it's just mm -hmm. easier on me mentally just to say like, hey, here's our plan. Here's how much money we want to make this year. Here's how much money we mm -hmm. want to grow by. Uh, how have you integrated that into your agency? So that was never my idea. That was my business partner's idea. Um, he's more like running the operations than I am. So, you know, when he told me that's how he practiced his business, you know, I was obviously on board with that. And so, you know, it's not anything too in-depth. It's just basically, you know, we show our financial statements. We show where we were last year versus where we are this year. 
We'll show like our profit and losses, you know, where we need to focus on just so everybody understands that like, this is a team effort. Like this is not about my business partner and I, and you know, it's really about the team and how much the team's contributing to all this and how important they are. Because like I said, again, it's all about the team and the culture. So I feel like if they know what the, you know, cause you work for companies and you're like, oh, well, I know this company might make a lot of money and they don't treat me very well, you know, but that might be a misconception because most companies, the company makes a lot of money, but that doesn't mean that all the people in the company are making a ton of money or that the company is highly profitable or anything like that. So just being transparent about that stuff, I think helps people to, you know, understand better, like where you are as people and how your company is growing and how that ties into them and their future. Um, so I think it's just a team effort and, you know, it's just something that I think a lot of agencies do it. I don't think that, you know, your agency or my agency are unique by any chance, but, um, yeah, so we just, you know, we go through that quarterly and we definitely don't put pressure on people for numbers or anything like that. We just want people to show the growth, you know, we just want to show them like where we want to go. So it's pretty, pretty generic, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I love, I mean, I think that employees and team members are smart enough to know roughly how much a business is doing probably top line. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that we make as owners is we don't share the numbers and then what what the team actually thinks that you're taking all that money home. <laughs> Which, you know, it, it's people can play with the calculator game on their own, right? The the problem is is they don't know what all goes into it. And it's rare that, you know, if you're doing a million or three million or whatever a year and your your team is thinking, oh man, the owner's taking home all this money, right? But mm-hmm. they don't they don't see all the other stuff. And so that's what I've always found with open book that helps is they go, Oh, like we made this much money, but this is all that came out the bottom. Like they, that actually puts things into perspective and, and, and that, that I think is always helpful. Right. Yeah. Well, we have like a list of wants too. So, I mean, when you're looking at your profitability, like there's things we want first before we go for like, Oh, we want to be super profitable. Like we want to have the best culture. So that means, you know, we want to offer education. We want to have healthcare. We want to have flex time. We want to have, you know, Matt Pat leave, which now in Massachusetts is part of um, legislation. But we just really want to have a super awesome culture with lots of benefits. We want people to love working here. So for us, that's like, we're going to invest in that before we even, you know, start thinking about, you know, our profits and where, you know, where we want to take money out and stuff like that. Like we really want to invest in building a really awesome company first that people want to work at, that we can continue to grow. And so that's part of like with the merger, you know, we committed to investing in those things before we really start, you know, say take, you know, doing bonuses and crazy stuff like that. We want to make this company the best company to work at and that costs money. And that's something we're willing to invest in. So that's actually something our employees know about us, which is really awesome because they know that, you know, we do make extra money and we do take that money and we put it back in the company. And I think they really appreciate that. They really appreciate that they can, you know, have flex days and they get forced vacation. We force people to take vacation because they won't take it. (laughs) So I, I just, I think investing in the company and the people again is the most important thing you can do. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners? Are you a web agency or freelance web designer that's trying to add recurring revenue profits by offering your clients SEO services? Well, I've got good news for you. There's a new service that is basically the design pickle for white label SEO. Their team hooks you up with unlimited SEO tasks for one monthly fee. 
you got to check them out at seobrothers.co forward slash gurus. They're giving our listeners 50% off their first month and an awesome money back guarantee. That's seobrothers.co forward slash gurus. All right, let's get back to our interview. I once sat down with an employee one time and, uh, I don't know what this, how this falls in the HR space, but I actually sat down and 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 I made them book tickets to a vacation, so that so they would actually take a vacation and go someplace and and recharge. I sat down. I was like, "You're going on a vacation. You're going to take a week off. Yeah, I want to I want to see you buy the tickets right now because I know if you don't do that, you're not going to actually take time away." And I think that's a I love to hear the forced vacation thing because I think it's really natural for us, especially if you get those kind of type A. A player type people that are very yeah. go, 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 that it's sometimes yeah. <laughs> they don't real, they don't value the recharge yet. They're, mm-hmm. they get, you get so much better performance out of people when they are recharged. And, um, and so that's cool to hear. I mean, when, when you, how do you implement that though? Is, is, is probably my follow up question to that is, is that well, you... the funny part about all this is, is that it was my business partner that was really the bottleneck to take vacations. <laughs> so I was like, how do I get my business partner to take vacations? Like he just works all the time. And I mean, I did too, but I mean, I just, I can shut down. I've just, cause I, I did have my own business and I, you know, I did whatever I wanted. So I was like, hey, Mark's like, I can't shut down because, you know, people still need me. Clients are still calling. So I was like, well, the only way we can really shut you down is if we shut the company down. He's like, Okay. <laughs> so we made the decision um, to shut down over Christmas, you know, between Christmas and New Year's and over July 4th, because that's when we would have like the least customer, you know, interaction because people are taking off, you know, the days in between. So that was just even a way to force us as owners to take those two days off because, you know, as the owner, you're, you're always going to be probably working more than anybody in the company. And if the company's running, they're going to need the owner. So, um, so just getting those two weeks of shutdown so they wouldn't need the owners and also getting the owners in the mindset of that people are not always going to need us. Like we need to learn for people not to need us. So if people need us all the time, we have to teach them better so that they don't need us. (laughs) We don't want people to need us. You know, we want our employees to be autonomous and make their own decisions. And so, and as agents, you know, as agencies grow, they always say as owners, you kind of have to get yourself out of the everyday business. So that's, kind of how we structured that and how we continue to, to keep growing on that, that thought. That's cool. I like that you, we've always done the Christmas to new year's. I, I have never thought to do it at the opposite end of the year. We probably indirectly always take that week off or most of that mm-hmm. week off. So I think that most, most businesses are just, you know, not, not pulling the bandaid on the over July 4th. They're probably, you know, most other businesses are probably taking that time off. They're probably kind of half working anyways. So, mm-hmm. so that's cool to take that. It's I mean, make that official, time. right? Yeah. I tried to add two more holidays to the year in our last partner meeting <laughs> and I actually got one. So I was pretty excited about that. So we actually have on top of that, you know, I think we have 13 days off now. It was 12 or 13. We, we added a new day in. So that was awesome too. Because again, it's so hard to get everybody to take vacation. It really is. They love working here that much. <laughs> so That's cool. I mean, that shows that your culture is, is strong. But I think that shows a lot of, you know, the culture of the business is definitely the owner's responsibility. And if you're you know, if the culture is we don't take breaks, we just go, go, go. I mean, you know, you're going to burn out. Everybody else is going to burn out and, and nobody, 
nobody but you and your partner are going to are going to make that decision. I mean, an employee is never going to stand up and say we should take two weeks of forced vacation a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, most I, I imagine they would never say that. Uh, so it's your it's your responsibility to mm-hmm. to make those uh, to take those bold moves. And I think that's really cool that you and, and Mark have have done that. Mm hmm. How, how do you, just to switch topics for a little bit, because uh, you guys have 20 people, you've, you've obviously been successful in the markets that you serve. What's your chief marketing engine? How do you attract clients? Uh, so we have a bunch of different ways that we do it. Um, so obviously we're doing like inbound marketing. So we're doing you know, a lot of blog posting and, and thought leadership and writing around you know, what people are looking for. So we write a lot about the spaces that we're in. So we have that content engine going. Uh, so that's one of the big drivers. So that's SEO. I mean, I would break our lead generation like kind of like into three different categories. So we kind of have like the SEO, um, whatever comes like from the website, basically. Then we have like a third of our business is basically um, the clients that we already have that refer us business or continue to grow their businesses. And then the other third that we have is business development. So it's basically, you know, clients that um, know us or, you know, see us out at an event or see us in an article or we just know them because we build a lot of relationships. And in the agency world, relationships are the most important, I think, the most important thing to have when it comes to marketing because people think just because you're a digital agency, all of your business is coming through digitally. But it's really not. Like when you get up into the high project range and large um, retainers, people are not really like just going to go find an agency online. They really are going to get a referral from somebody. So, you know, the business development side of it um, is really important and having partners and people that are going to be your ambassadors. So those are the three ways that we do it. In terms of biz dev and maybe even on the thought leadership side, You've got your a few handful of different kind of niches or focus areas. Uh, I mean, are you strategically looking at specific like events that you want to attend or communities that you are getting involved in that match up with your target market? Yeah. So like right now, too, that we kind of focus on are, um, you know, 80% of our clients, the decision makers are women, believe it or not. So we do target women and my, my ladybugs agency, I targeted women. So that's just kind of like something I brought over. So I do own a large women's network and I do use that to empower, inspire other women and to target, you know, those types of decision makers, Um, And what I offer there is just a lot of um, thought leadership and education around, you know, business growth, sales growth, you know, smart women, which is sales and marketing. So we kind of like target that area that way. Um, And then, you know, another area we focus on is manufacturing. So we write a lot of articles about that um, and we publish them like in various publications and we get featured in like some of our partner partners' websites um, and stuff like that. So you kind of target those that way. So that's sort of how we do it for each vertical. We don't do every single vertical. Um, Another area we target is accessibility. Uh, So we write a lot of articles around that. And then what ties into all of that is the customer success side. So just having all of those case studies and all of those stories about all the clients we've helped in those three areas, you know, again, just, there's just so many um, different levels to the so many different phases of the sales cycle like when people are looking you up when people are checking you out you know they're all in a different spot of the buyer's journey so we just have to make sure that we can talk to them in every single phase of that journey so that's typically how we go after those verticals 
That's cool. So you and have- we do have a conference too. We have a women's conference that we just started this year for sales and marketing women. So that's that was a huge driver, you know, for PR and and women in sales and marketing, you know. So you want to provide value. That's basically what we're trying to do, provide value to the customers that we would want to get. And even if they're not our customers, just building your reputation around that is huge. I love that provide value to the customers we want to get. That's uh that's that seems like a key way to attract in all these different areas of business development and and referrals and the the women's network. Talk to me a little, little bit more about the women's network. So you you said you quote unquote own that. So that's something that mm-hmm. like you It uh, was kind of like something I started um when Mark and I joined our businesses. I was also going through some personal uh, transitions. <laughs> and so, um, I had done a lot of like women's, um, events at my house and stuff like that. And I just decided to take it to the next level. I had to move from the town I lived in into another town. And, and I just wanted to make friends that weren't like tied as much to my family and my kids. I wanted to like kind of create this network of women who could help each other in the business and support and all that kind of stuff. So I just started this online group and it just kind of like, flourished and got really huge. <laughs> and now we're like have 3,500 members. Um, so it's like monthly events, which are really fun. It's kind of like the same kind of thing where, you know, you have this community of people that are all helping each other, like be more successful in whatever it is they're doing. So in this case, it's women, it's women that own businesses. It's women that um, are trying to start businesses or they're, you know, in sales and marketing for a business. And so, um, so that's really a fun thing that I get to do. And my business partners love it. Like they're just like, you know, they support it as part of this business. They're like, your work in the women's network is just so rewarding to our business, you know, because people, again, they tie that back to three media web and how we help women. And, you know, so that enabled us to do the conference around sales and marketing for women, which was really cool. So being able to kind of take that personal, you know, the personal thing that I feel really strongly about and tying that to my business makes it even more fun. So, and I, I do that on the side. I mean, that's not a for-profit business. I'm really just doing it to help other women and to get to know people and expand my network and just see where it goes, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's powerful. I'd love to hear that. So that's, that's cool. I like that that's become a, uh, uh, an area where you can uh, grow personally and professionally, but also it's yeah. kind of a pond that you can fish from, from a perspective of providing value. Uh, to those, Absolutely, yeah. those types of clients. That's great. Well, I've had a lot of fun, Lisa, talking about culture, talking about growth, those ups and downs, the good and the bad uh, of growing <laughs> your business. And so this has been super informative. Are you ready for our lightning round? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Right. Uh, all right. We'll go, uh, we'll go quick here. Uh, what is the best advice you've ever received? Don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do. <laughs> and that was me crying to my sister-in-law one Christmas about all the things I couldn't do. <laughs> yeah. And she, those were her exact words to me and they changed my life. So That's awesome. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Um, so I like to be the life of the party, <laughs> believe it or not. And that actually, I'm just super social. So that, you know, I'm the person that will always go to that event with you. I'm the person that will always go to that meeting with you. Uh, so that's, I think that that's the biggest thing I contribute when it comes to personal, you know, my personality. That's awesome. Well, you you have an open invitation to come to U Summit next year. So we'll get you the dates. So if you want to come oh, be the life, be awesome. of, life of our party, we'd love to have you. Um, <laughs> can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? 
So, I mean, I'm sure lots of people use Google Calendar, <laughs> but to me, that's the most vital tool that I use to organize my life. And as an agency owner, you're super, super busy. I even like organize my time, you know, my project time on there. I do use a project management tool and a time tracking tool, but I feel like Google Calendar, I can like sort of organize my whole life on there and be like, okay, two hours today, I'm writing. Two hours today, I'm doing meetings. Two hours today, I'm doing partnerships. So I, I, it's simple, but I love Google Calendar. <laughs> Couldn't live without it. Awesome. What book would you recommend and why? I've read a couple of really book, good books I love, but um, big fan of anything Gino Wickman. So um, don't know if anybody's read Traction, but it's all about getting a grip on growing your business and all the different areas of your business that you need to focus on while you're growing. And then second to that, there's another book that comes with that, you know, in that series called Rocket Fuel. And that was a really great book for Mark and I to read together because it was all about the visionary and the integrator and how those two personalities can work together in a business. So that was that book was like amazing for our business because it made Mark and I realize our different strengths and weaknesses and then how to play on those to be the most successful we can be. Very cool. Well, we will definitely link out to Gino Wickman's full collection of Traction, Get a Grip, Rocket Fuel, and uh, he's got lots of great books. So big fan yeah, of Gino awesome. and yeah. uh, the EOS platform here at YouGurus. So we've been practicing that for a long time. So always, That's always awesome. love to plug them. Yeah. So you can check out those links to uh, those uh, books as well as key takeaways, lessons learned, and other links out to resources on our show notes page. That's yougurus.com forward slash podcast. So if you're on the road or on a run, check that out, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. And uh, Lisa, can you tell our audience how uh, they can find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter a lot. <laughs> um, so I'm twitter.com forward slash lisapreneur. It's L-Y-S-A-P-R-E-N-E-U-R. And then just from our website, we have all of our links on there. It's 3mediaweb.com. Lots of articles on LinkedIn. You can shoot me an email there or message me there. It's And again, it's Lisa with a Y. So I'm pretty easy to find. There's not a lot of Lisas with a Y around. <laughs> awesome. Well, we will definitely link out to uh, your social profiles as well as your website. Again, just on our show notes page. If you go to yougurus.com, click on podcast. Lisa's episode will be right up there at the top if this is if you're listening to this the week of. So, uh, so yeah, you guys can check that out. Lisa, thank you so much for stopping by the show today. This has been awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. And that's our episode for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge is blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision 
to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show.